Welcome to another episode of the Parent Network Podcast. I am your host, Ashley Eights. Y'all, season one is wrapping up. We have executed through one whole season almost already, and I'm super excited. I just want to thank all of the listeners that have supported the Parent Network Podcast in its infancy stages, and I am excited to see how it continues to grow and thrive and reach across the world, y'all. So um, we left off last week talking about breaking generational curses and what that looks like, and we're going to continue into that conversation because I think sometimes when we think about, you know, breaking generational curses. Sometimes we feel this weightiness of that and it is weighty. Now, don't get me wrong. That thing is very weighty, but it's not weighty in our own strength and our own ability. But if you are a believer in Christ, then it's in his strength, it's in his ability that he causes you to be able to do that. And so um, I remember Ooh, when I received that word and first God had told me that like, yeah, girl, you are a curse breaker. I've called you to be the deliverer. Those are the two words that I heard. And I was like, "Mm, I don't know what that is. I don't know what that looks like, but okay, I'm rolling. Now, (laughs) me saying I'm rolling has really been a roller coaster, but it has been one that has showed me so much, um, not just about what it looks like to break curses, but what it looks like to release wealth, release blessings, release what it is that God truly has in store when he created each and every one of us. Like That's the whole thing when we think about breaking a curse, breaking a cycle, a pattern, is that was never the original design. That was never the original intent for our life. And somewhere along the way, it just became a cycle, a pattern. It was repetitive, but we decided, you know what? I'm going to be the one to say, nope, it stops with me. And there were so many things that I saw within my family and up my upbringing that I was like, you know what? It stops with me. We're not doing that anymore. And so today I want us to kind of just talk around um, what it looks like to release blessings, release what God originally designed for us. And one of the people that I always liken myself to, it's a few people in the Bible, (laughs) but one of the main people that I've studied um, a a few times, y'all, a few times. (laughs) And every time that I've studied this individual, I've seen something very, very different. But the life of Moses, um, in the life of Moses, we know that he was really a Hebrew, but he was in the Egyptian household. And God had favored him to literally be able to go in, to learn the systems, to learn the way. But as he grew older, there was this desire for him to do something different. And when God called him, we know the story of the burning bush. And he responded to that. That's 
when a significant part of his journey began. Now, how that relates to me is <laughs> Moses, y'all, he was like, when he told God, yes, like, yeah, you know, I'll do this. You want me to free your people? I don't know how I'm going to do this, but if you're going to be with me, cool, I'm going to do this. And every time a plague came, he was like, you know, you the one who told me to basically come and do this. This man, Pharaoh, he's not budging. I don't know why we got to go through this. That's Ashley. That's me, y'all. That's me. That's me. You the one who said that I have to do this. Stuff is not budging. Why are we doing this? That's 100, 1,000% totally Ashley. So within studying the life of Moses, reading in the life of Moses, I realized that it was for me like an instant gratification thing. If something didn't come instantaneously, then it was like, oh, this is a struggle. I shouldn't have to struggle like this. But some of those things that were not breaking instantaneously was because they were strongholds on the bloodline. Now, I'm going to do my best not to go too far into this part of it because I don't want anything to go over anyone's head. But when I say strongholds, you know, I mean like these are what's been fortified within our bloodline. And when God says, hey, I want you to be the deliverer, I want you to break it. It doesn't mean that he wants us to break every single curse that has been on the bloodline. Number one, because it's impossible. We're not supposed to break everything. But the thing that he does causes us to break, it also releases blessings. So um, as I started to build my relationship with God and understand more about you know, the power of the decree and the declaration and life and death being in my mouth and blessings, you know, and cursings and all of these different things. Um, even when I was not rocking with God the way that I should have been, I knew enough to say, I'm going to dedicate my children to the Lord, um, whatever that looks like. Cause I didn't even really know what I was doing then y'all just being honest with you. I didn't know, but I knew it was something that needed to happen. Whatever that was, I knew it needed to happen. And so when I dedicated my youngest son, my oldest son, excuse me, to the Lord, we were I was 20. Yeah, I think I was 20 and dedicated him to the Lord. And I remember praying a very simple prayer that what it is that I endured in my childhood would not be what he endured in his childhood that he would not know homelessness, that he would not um, know what it's like to father a child in his teens. That would not be his portion, that he would experience life, that he would have confidence. All of these different things, you know, I it was a simple prayer. Like I said, I prayed to God and there was a reassurance that I actually felt that, no, he is going to do things differently. What you experience what his dad experienced will not be his experience. And the same for my youngest son, same prayer, a little differently though, because I had more understanding. And I totally believe that their life, the trajectory of their life will not be that way. And I can testify to it. Number one, first curse that has been broken. 
they both have fathers that are in their lives. Now, the extent to what that looks like, you know, as far as like family dynamic is concerned, am I married? No. But with the way that my mom chose to excommunicate my father, I knew I wasn't going to do that when it came to my children. It was always my desire to be married, but okay, that didn't happen. That doesn't mean that the fathers cannot be present for their children. Never once have I said out of my mouth, you cannot see your child. You cannot do this. Never. That's the first curse that has been broken because I recognize and understood, number one, it took two. (laughs) It took both of us to create this life. So it's going to take both of us to raise this life. Now, here's a little caveat to that because I, I totally understand that not all people, whether your father or mother, decide to come to that level of understanding and maturity. And there are some who are single parents. And to that, I say, I see you. I understand. I have been in that space. Trust me, I have been in that space where you felt like this is hopeless. Like you felt like you've been bottled up, like like the gotcha moment. Like, aha, gotcha. Gotcha pregnant. Left you with this baby. Boom. Now figure it out. I totally understand that. I totally understand that. And you're not alone. It takes for us to heal. Healing has to take place in the heart of a single parent that had not ever been in that space before, that did not intend to be in that space. Healing has to take place. Forgiveness has to take place. And we have to recognize that we are not alone. So that's what I want to say on that end. And as I have journeyed into this co-parenting journey, we've been at it for 13 years now. And um, it's had its ups, it had its downs, but overall, we have come to understand what's important. And so that was probably, that was about the first curse that I can recognize. It's probably been more that I could say, oh yeah, that thing is broken. They will have fathers in their lives. They will have active men around them that can support them, that can uplift them. And for my son's 15th birthday this year, he had like a a little get together um, at his dad's house and my father was in town and I captured a picture with my dad, his other grandfather, um, my brother, which is his uncle, his dad. And it was like, wow, like, look at what's surrounding you. One of his favorite cousins was in town from college. And so I captured this picture of men and it's something special. I don't care what no one says. I don't care how bitter or hurt you are. You cannot deny that there is something special, unique and necessary about the father unit, about the men being around and uplifting and helping to carry the next generation. It's something special about that because why? It was always God's design. And so as I looked at that picture, I I began to say like, thank you, God, that he doesn't know what it's like to go through life without help, the help of a father, the help of an uncle, the help of a, 
a friend, the help of a brother. He doesn't know what that's like. What he knows is how it was supposed to be that the father was present. Now, the dynamic of it, is that the way God designed it? No, but there's grace for that. The same thing with my youngest son. He doesn't know what it's like to not have a dad. Now, the frequency, that's a whole nother story. But he doesn't know what it's like to not have a grandfather. That's another curse that's broken, y'all. The relationship that I had with my grandfather, it was very short. I'll say that. It was very toxic. It was very dictatorship. (laughs) And I got to a point where I was like, I'm not going to do that. I don't have to do that. And I'm not going to be treated like you treated my mother. But my sons, they know their grandfathers. They know them. They've spent time with them. They've enjoyed them. They've been supported by them. Another curse broken, y'all. And so my point in the understanding of generational curses being broken and generational blessings being released is that it starts with decisions too. We, as ones who are breaking these cycles, have to decide to stick through when it gets muddy, when it gets murky, when it gets lonely, when it gets tiresome, to see the release of the blessing because for every curse, there is a blessing, period, point blank. There is a blessing. And there's a scripture that I always pray. And it says, the blessings of the Lord, it makes one rich and it adds no sorrow to it. When God calls us to a thing, he brings victory to that thing. We may not be able to see it right away, but he brings victory to that situation. And we have to believe it. I believed that there were going to be things that they would not experience. Another curse that has been broken, neither one of my babies has ever experienced homelessness. I was having a conversation um, with my youngest son. He's nine. And around the age of nine, for me, I was homeless. I had probably been homeless already. Maybe that I can recall two times, two or three times. And my youngest son, he had such a heart of compassion. And especially when it comes to homeless people, he would If he had just received some money, he would definitely ask me, where's my money? And go and give it to them. He would cry sometimes when he would see them because he would say, I just don't understand why people have to be homeless. And it's just like, oh my goodness. Like, honey, I get it. I understand. I I know. I don't understand either. But it showed me that, Ashley, what you even experienced as a child, although they're not going to experience that, there's a compassion that was birthed in him to understand and to have a grace and a love for people, for humanity that experience hardship. 
Y'all, as a parent, as a mother, (laughs) that thing broke me down and it birthed something different in me. It birthed more compassion in me for seeing homeless people, for seeing people that were not in their right minds, regardless of the situation, regardless of how they got to where they've gotten. It didn't matter. And so, again, that goes back to releasing the generational blessing. God didn't allow for them to experience that. They don't even know what that is. They don't they don't know what not having what they desire is. Whereas I experienced that I had to be the one to go through that for it to stop with me, for me to see what do I need to do differently? What do I need to prioritize in my finances, um, in my money? What gets priority? And mind you, y'all, I think I shared this with you all before that I wasn't taught financial literacy. My grandmother, she understood how to balance a checkbook. She understood how to pay her bills, do all of those things, have a savings, put stuff into retirement. But that was never passed down. It was something that she knew how to do. And because my grandfather kind of lorded over her in that regard, I think there was a fear a little bit of not sharing that with her children. I can't really speak to that because she's not here with us anymore. And when I talked to my mom or my aunt, they would agree that, you know, they didn't, they weren't taught that. Well, that had a direct effect on how my mom utilized her money and on what she taught me. I rem- I'll never forget when I started working, she said, you know, now that you're working, you know, you make sure that you pay your bills, you make sure that you do what you need to do. And then you do something for yourself. So in my mind, it's like, okay, as long as I pay my bills, then the rest of it is for me. So if I want to go shopping, if I want to go out, whatever that looks like, it's for me because I know I'm going to get paid again. The, 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 the wrong mindset, the toxic mindset. But that's what she received because it's what she thought was right for me. I operated in that way, in that mindset for a while until I was like, ah, yeah, no, this is not what it's supposed to be. I didn't know what to do, how to do it. I sought out the information because y'all know as millennials, we, we have access, okay? We have access to some information. And as I began to research and learn things, it did frustrate me. It did get me very upset because I'm like, I just don't understand, you know, why she didn't teach me this. Once I got over that and realized, girl, she didn't, she didn't have it. Okay. Your mother didn't have the resources that you have. So it now becomes your responsibility to learn and that's okay. Learn it so you can teach it, period. Let's not harbor on what was, but let's focus on what is and how we can change the narrative. And I started to introduce that language to my children, started to introduce trading language to my children. Now, y'all, did I follow through with that completely? No, not even going to lie or hold you. But what happened? His dad and I, my oldest son's dad and I, we had a conversation. And so he picked up that learning and teaching him about, you know, stocks and investing and what that looks like and giving him the opportunity to, to put the money that he earns into certain stocks. He helped. In that aspect, because again, I made a decision just because the relationship failed does not mean that our co-parenting relationship can't be top tier. (laughs) It doesn't mean that. It doesn't mean that the focus 
of what we desire as parents can't be accomplished. And I talked about that in the parenting plan episode. What is the plan, the vision that you have in parenting? What does that look like for me? I knew I just wanted to change the narrative. I wanted to change the narrative. I wanted there to be active participation from me in my children's life, showing up to their events, another curse that was broken. And I shared that in last week's episode, being present. That's one of the best gifts that we can give our children is to be present, to understand what they're interested in. Even if we don't really necessarily care (laughs) in the sense that we're all gung-ho about what they are interested in and we know from top to bottom and bottom to top what it means, showing interest, being present, supporting, that goes a long way because those are memories that are embedded into the minds of our children and not even just into the minds of our children, but into our minds. Because as we get older, we have stories to tell where we talk to our grandchildren or we talk to the nieces and nephews about how things were. Like it's, it's, it's always been the design of God for family. And when things go awry in family, there is a plan for that. And that's communication. But sometimes when life hits us and we are moving and we're swaying and we are whatever we're feeling, we find it difficult to communicate. We find it difficult to switch. And that's also a part of breaking generational cycles that are unhealthy. One of the things, again, another curse that has been broken. And I I touched on this a little bit before. It's communication. I said before, I probably over communicate (laughs) with my children, but hey, I want them to know I am here. You can talk to me about anything. We're going to have conversations about sex. We're going to have conversations about the proper terms for our body part. We're going to have conversations about money. We're going to have conversations about girls. We're going to have conversations about friendships. We're going to have conversations about households. We're going to have conversations about whatever they want to talk about. And if I can't answer the question, I'm going to point you in the direction that can give you some answers. Because again, going back to the analogy of it takes a village, it's true. We were never designed to just do it on ourselves as father and mother. No, 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 no. The reason why they're grandparents is because there's wisdom there. (laughs) There's wisdom there. And if we're fortunate to have our great-grandparents, there's wisdom there. And I knew that even though I didn't know my father until I was about 14. He was around till I was two years old and my mom told him he had to go. And there was a little fight there for a little bit, but then he ultimately left and I didn't meet him until I was 14. And then from there, from 14 until I was about 21, 22, I didn't really continue 
uh, an effective relationship with him because I'm like, mm. I, I had a whole nother mentality, y'all. We'll just put it like that. I had a whole nother mentality. But after I had my son, I was like, okay, no, I, I need to know who my father is because I want him to know who his grandfather is. I had enough wisdom. I had enough sense to know just because this was the hand that was dealt to you doesn't mean that you have to deal this hand to your child. I believe that was God. Even though, again, like I say, me and him, we weren't really rocking. (laughs) We were not rocking like that. He causes for us to respond in certain ways because these are really desires of our hearts. These are really needs that we have. And from that point on, I began to build a relationship with my father. And I began to express to him how I felt about situations, ask why. Through conversation, through communication, I was able to release, let go, and forgive the areas that I felt I was slighted in the same with my mother. I had to forgive her for what she didn't understand, what she didn't know, because she thought that she was following the pattern and the plan of her father. So when we look at breaking the curses, we have to look at releasing the blessings. If I'm breaking something, if I'm killing a thing, something else is definitely being resurrected. And now with the thing that's being resurrected, I have to make sure that it's watered. It's just like planting. We plant the seed in the right soil. We water it. We give it sunlight or indirect sunlight. We tend to it. We watch it grow. That is the same thing when we are releasing a generational blessing. When God is releasing that blessing upon us, we have work to do. Just like we had work to do to kill the thing. And I go back to what I originally said, that it's not in our own strength. It's not in our own ability, but it's through the strength and the power that he gives us because the victory is already set for us. We have to believe it and we have to walk it out. You know, they say, you know, walk it out. Hey, walk it out. We have to walk it out. We must walk it out. To see the fruitfulness of it all. So y'all, when you're assessing your life and when you're looking at, you know, what curses am I breaking? What curses have been broken? What blessings have been released? What cycles are no longer in existence in my family, with my children, with me? I can almost guarantee you that you have a long list because sometimes we're just looking for the big thing. We're looking for the the huge thing, not realizing that every small step that we're taking to changing the narrative, to breaking the cycle, to breaking the pattern, their blessings that are being released, that we're going to see that big thing, whatever that big thing might be, come to pass. So I want to share that with you all because I think it's important. Parenting, being ones that are breaking several curses, 
being ones that are changing the narrative. There are so many ways to parent now. There are so many forms of parenting. There's conscious parenting. I think there's gentle parenting, mindful parenting. Uh, I watched the series. I think it was The Parent. Oh, goodness. I can't think of the name of it, but it was the series that was on, I believe it was on ABC about the different styles of parenting. And you had the helicopter parent, you know, you had the authoritative parent, the, the, the free parent, all of those different styles of parenting. And ultimately I believe, and this is my belief because I am a believer in Christ. And I started to really understand what the scripture trained the child up in a way in which they should go. And when they're older, they won't depart from it. I started to really get an understanding of what that meant. And so the way in which the child is trained and developed is according to the plan and the purpose that God has established for that child's life. And so the way I parent is going to be indicative to the future and the destiny of that child. What I allow my sons to do, their activities. Is this moving them towards their destiny? Is it going to be foolproof? Absolutely not. Absolutely not. We're going to have moments in this parenting journey where we be like, eh, I don't know what I'm doing. I feel like I don't know what I'm doing. And I know that sentence was so grammatically incorrect by saying ain't, but it is what it is, y'all. <laughs> I ain't know what I'm doing. And we can feel that way. But as long as we lean into the strength of who is this child called to be? Where is this child supposed to be moving towards? And we're doing our best to position them in that pathway. It's a win. It's a win. With God, it's always a win. What we can't do, he can do. He would ask me consecutively, do I trust him with my children? Do you trust me? He would specifically ask me with Caleb because there was a time, ooh, there was a time, y'all, in that journey where mm, I was like, this right here is for the birds. And he said, do you trust me with Caleb? And I'm like, yeah, you know, in my mind, yeah, I do. But, you know, I'm the mom. So clearly, clearly. I got to do this. And relinquishing that I mentality in parenting is so important as well. Because our children teach us things and we teach them things and it's and it's very much reciprocal. I'm not even going to lie in front and say it's not. It's very much reciprocal. Yes, we are the ones that are guiding and leading them, but they can guide and they can lead us too because there's an innocence that comes with them. There's a whole innocence and so it's up to us to see it, to recognize it, and to lean into that. And sometimes we have to even lean into our inner child. What is our inner child saying and how is it connecting with our own children? It's so it's so many facets to this parenting journey. And I'm thankful that I have the opportunity to be on this journey. Um, it's one of the most important challenging, fruitful, 
any other adjective you can think of relationships. And I wouldn't change the trajectory or how it's been up to this point because it's all been beneficial. It's all taught me something. It's all opened my eyes to what life is about as a parent and how I can pivot, how I can change, how I can grow, how I can do things differently because I start to learn more. That's literally how I see this thing. I'm learning more every day about my children, about myself. And so therefore I'm going to implement something different so that it can be beneficial for the both of us. So y'all, that is today's episode. I hope that you received something from it. I hope that something that was said sparked your mind to be like, you know what, let me go figure out all of the things that I have broken thus far and all of the things that have been released over my self and over my children. I hope you really take that into consideration and do that. Even if you don't have children, think about what you have broken that is going to set you up to be able to parent differently. Because again, I think it was episode two, we don't always have to take what was given to us from our parents because sometimes it's not beneficial. Again, different generations come with different things. So hope that y'all received something good from this episode. Like I said, y'all, we're plowing through. And episode six, this is, no, this is seven, y'all. See? See? I'm just enjoying the journey. We have two more episodes of the season, and then we're going to be back with season two in September, and we're going to have some video on these podcast episodes. And so I'm excited about that. I'm excited for what season two is going to bring. Again, I am thankful for every listener that has shared, downloaded, streamed the Parent Network podcast. This has been a labor of my heart, my truth, my journey, things that I have learned across the way. And so I just want to say again, thank you from the bottom of my heart. If you are a mom, and you need community, you're looking for support, you know that you need a tribe. I want you to email theparentnetwork at gmail.com and in the title, put Mama's Lounge. I want to offer you space in Mama's Lounge, which is a mentorship group that I love. I teach, we, we, we learn, we grow, we laugh, we cry, all of the things. We come together around the commonality that we are mothers, but what we learn, y'all, has nothing to do with parenting in that sense. We are learning how to take care of self. We are learning how to take care of what's in our soul. We are learning how to become more financially savvy. And we're laughing together. Our second annual trip Mama Summit is this October, and I can't wait to see the ladies that do not live here in California. They fly in, y'all. Last year's was amazing, and we're going to continue to go up. So if you know you need a tribe, you need a community, go ahead and email. I'll put the information in the description. Dads, I have not forgotten about you. I'm going to figure something out and we're going to roll, okay? We're going to roll in this, this parenting journey and build this community up. 
because community is important across the board. I love y'all. Until next time.